Uh, what's going on, everybody? Celtics post game show. Bobby Ooh, Manning, Josue Pavone. In the words of Bobby Manning, a game you will remember for the rest of your lives. <laughs> what's so funny not, about that? You're not even exaggerating, man. That, that's verbatim. That was a direct tweet from from Bobby. Well, what do you think, Josue? That, 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 that sets the tone for tonight. That sets the tone for tonight for sure, man. What do you I mean, think? Listen, Is this one you'll remember? I mean, it's a it's definitely going to be a notable game. Uh, again, you, you see two back to back performances from Tatum and Brown, thirty plus performances, thirty plus points. Like that's exactly what you want to see. And of course, you saw them beat the snot out of the Nuggets. I think this is going to be that game that we look back and say, when the Celtics are connecting from behind the arc, look out. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, Bobby. Remember, every three weeks or every two to three weeks, the Celtics are due for one of these because they have that capability to go off from behind the arc. And that's exactly what I think happens here, you know, especially when you had someone like Pritchard going perfect five for five. Uh, Jason Tatum certainly set the tone and he kept it going after the tech. But I mean, look, it, it's still a recognizable game for sure, Bobby. I mean, look, this Denver Nuggets team, I mean, uh, granted, whether they're injured or not, they've been they've been a tough team year all year long, you know, especially for a, a Celtics team, this kind of matchup. And the Celtics, didn't, they made this one look easy, man. They, they demolished this team. So it's definitely a, a notable win. But I, I don't know if it's, like, one of those, like, three years from now. Like, man, remember that game in Denver, though? Like, <laughs> right. that well, was wild. Like, you know? Like, this Yeah. This well, slot's somewhere near, like, Milt Palacios' game winner for me, you know? Like, actually, that's more memorable. <laughs> I well, you, you, end up, <laughs> you end so, up forcing, yeah, you end up forcing Denver to bench its starters after halftime. <laughs> you have that crazy 24-2 to run in the second quarter there. And like you said, Josue, another one of those 60 pieces from Brown and Tatum together there, yes, back-to-back I games. Like that. 60 probably, pieces, the, yeah. probably the first time that they've done that in back-to-back games in their careers. I would imagine I'll look into that. But this just had everything. Peyton Pritchard, again, going off, showing that he can be that spot-up shooter and the running mate in that bench unit. Uh, Tice even had like a 7 nothing push. So just memorable moments throughout this one. And the way this team continues to frustrate Nikola Jokic whenever they play him, I mean, that's really yes. what got that run going. Three straight just, games. Yeah, yeah. You had that, you had, going back to last year even, which is odd. He got benched in that game too, right? I mean, he had a triple double and he got benched in that game late because Mun was like, enough, you're, you're not into it. You know, here. He had nine turnovers I, in the Boston game. What's funny is like that thing that they did to their starters at the, at the to start the second half is what we were begging Eme to do to the Celtics early in the year, <laughs> you know, which is like, just do it. Yank yeah, them, right. you know, uh, and he didn't, it doesn't matter. But I mean, back then it was like, everyone was like, oh, he'd never do it. You know, like to do that, that took some guts here, you know, like the, that's a, you know, the entire, nope, nope. You're all sitting. I do not yeah. care. You know, I, I think that's the, that's the bigger message there though, right? It wasn't just Jokic. Just like, no, I'm not feeling any of you guys. <laughs> like all you starters need to start on the bench because that's how pathetic that first half performance was. And uh, yeah, I mean, Malone can be a tough, he, he, he can be tough on Jokic, but I, I thought he sent a, he sent the message for sure. And benching the entire starting lineup, even if it did sacrifice the game, I, I don't think, I don't think it would have made a difference. Honestly. We got Kess and Dudley in here. This is great. That's oh, great. We tonight. Come on. Come, might, uh, come on. Come on. We might have to open up the, uh, we might have to open up the Discord after. Positive come on tonight. Like, come on. Look out for this team. Come on. All Kess wanted was Brad Gunn, and he got it. And here you go. You know, that's well, what he wanted. Results. 44 that's, wins. That's all 36 and 36 last year. So they're now, what, three games better than last year's record with plenty to play. So, this is incredible what they're doing. I mean, they win every game. 
They, they've won 21 to 25 now. They destroy teams every single night. They have the best scoring differential in these by far. Uh, there's another team that was basically intact as they've been all year. Denver won 11 of 15 coming in. Number six defense over that stretch. So it's another defense, top tier defense that you were going against Golden State, Dallas last week. And again, Celtics just trounced them. So this is what we're talking about now. This offense emerging as one of the most deadly in the NBA. I, something none of us imagined from this group. Being able to shoot at this level and produce these kind of shots, that smart Horford sequence I thought was awesome. Their little two-man game that got him a corner three there in the third. They can do some amazing stuff scoring the ball now too, and that's why I think they have all the makings of a champion here. Like the intimidation and physicality factor, the defense obviously, but you need to score the ball too, John, as we've talked about all year. And yeah. now for a little extended stretch here, they're really starting to do it, Look, and they're doing the it against only, some of the best defenses in the league. The only thing you'll worry about with the Celtics, if there is anything to worry about in the playoffs, is, um, you know, playing against, you know, a good defense or defense intensity ramped up, it getting tighter on, you know, Tatum, you know, Brown, as we saw those couple of back-to-back games where Tatum wasn't great, the Dallas game and uh, what was right yeah. after that. Um where you just saw it ratcheted up and how they respond to that. You know, I don't want to say there's no, there's no front running here. They're just stomping teams and they're doing it with their defense. But um, you know, the offense is, is flowing right now through those guys. It's going great, but it's, it's the scoring and that shooting in that first lineup and whatever contributions you're going to get on the bench. And when things get really, really tight, can you get this kind of stuff? I mean, if you get a fraction of what you got from the bench tonight, like, you know, we'll talk about Pritchard because he came out and he's still knocking down shots uh, and it looks great and it's a fun thing to talk about. Grant, this was one of my favorite Grant games of the year. I just yeah, love the way that he too. played. I love that he was like it, it, the inside-outside stuff. I love that now, yeah. you know, I mean, he's been attacking closeouts this year, but I love the fact that he's, you know, kind of dipping into his bag a little bit, that little turnaround that floater in the lane. The turnaround, though? Yeah. The turnaround was sweet. The the, the yeah. block on Jokic, bodying people up, not settling for stuff. You know, I'm getting in here. I'm getting into the lane. I'm going to, you know, I, I love I love that stuff. So you want to be able to count on those guys between White, uh, you know, Grant and Pritchard. And like you said, even we even got some Tice minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, so yeah, that's yeah. been the goal of this trip, getting that bench unit going. That's what Ime keeps talking about. So it was nice to see that kind of spark things tonight. Grant's been the glue guy for that second unit, in my opinion, right? And now he's sort of become like a, a leader of that second unit. Because, well, you know, Derek White, was sort of we sort of anointed him right away to be that guy off the bench. But Grant has done this organically. And he's been in that place all season long. He's been this consistent. And I love the fact that he's being able, you know, he's more comfortable to put that ball on the floor. Teams yeah. are starting to scout him, and they know they're, they're hip. They, they know about the quarter three. So instead of relying on the up fake, he's also putting the ball on the floor and surprising opponents, especially their second units, when he's blowing right past them going in for a dunk. I mean, like some of those bigs down low, they didn't want any of that from Grant. You know, like he's like intimidating second units, opposing second units right now because they just don't know what you're going to get out of him. He can give you the three-point shot. He can beat you off the dribble. He can give you some great passing that you don't expect it with the no look. Like he was doing a little bit of everything on top of the what was it, the, the offensive rebounding and, and just the overall passing. I mean, like he's just been that glue guy for that second unit. Yeah, and I awesome. love his defense. See, they don't miss a beat with those guys. Tice yep. can switch. He's long. He's active. Grant's been great at all that all year. White, we know what he can do on the defensive end. Again, and, Bobby, we you know at Pritchard those even survives out there. Do you guys realize Pritchard has a 99 defensive rating over the stretch since the deadline? 
Like that's crazy. He's he's on the best team, the best defensive team Again, I got, right now, though. I got but, no, you know. I got no problem. Um, I've got no problem uh, with the the Pritchard minutes because he does. He works hard on defense. He keeps guys in front of him. That's they my point. I'm not he saying he's the reason. Yeah, he doing doesn't that, get but, hunted as yeah. much as you'd think, given his size, which is interesting because you'd think people would attack him a little bit more, uh, and they don't. But he does a good job because I mean, look, he's the worst athlete on the floor almost always when he's out there. But he does a pretty good job keeping guards in front of him and not giving away easy stuff, you know, and just clear paths to the basket. So look the at most you want to be able to make you know when you're that size you just want to make people work for it and not make it easy i wanted to point out i left this comment up by austin it's really interesting you know it's you know someone like me and i think other people out there you know when you start to say the the c word with the celtics like championship <laughs> championship is it possible and it sounds ridiculous because it just seems ridiculous i think we're still trying to come to grips with like the transformation of the team that looked just so dead ass for so much of the year for half the year and, you know, blow it up and trade everybody and all of that stuff. And just to see them literally just a total metamorphosis, it seems odd because you still want to pinch yourself and make sure that it's real. But I think that this is a fair point. It's hard to fathom anyone else, you know, like you might not still, you know, if you're, if you're not all the way in on the Celtics yet, it's hard to look at any other team and be all the way in on them right now because they're all right. exhibiting different things right now. So you definitely at least have a why not us mentality. Again, the East is going to yeah. be a freaking bloodbath. But as you know, as you get deeper into the year and you start to really see, you know, who's bringing what to the table, there's some warts there among some teams that you would have thought like, oh, well, as you know, they'll never beat those guys. You know, you don't think right. that anymore. There's not a team where you're saying they'll never beat those guys. I think you're dead on. I yeah. think you're dead on, John. Yeah, honestly, I don't see a team that's like uh, shoulders and head above the Celtics right now, which is it says a lot because of what happened the last six weeks. Like this isn't a fluke. The Celtics team is the best defense in the NBA, and they're they're they're, they're beating teams and taking names while they're doing it. You know, they're, they're beating teams that like sure some of them are shorthanded, but there's some superstars on that opposing on those opposing teams. I mean, this example uh, right tonight against the Nuggets, like. Granted, it wasn't Jason Tatum guarding Jokic all throughout the night. But when you look at when you when you couple the Celtics' defense when they're playing at this extraordinary high level, and you look at what Tatum's doing right now, he out he outperformed the MVP right in Jokic. I mean, we can say that flat out. Yeah, sure, Jokic he didn't was slow bad. him down. He didn't slow him down on his own. But I, I think there's a lot to say about what the Celtics' defense is doing to top-notch talent, and Jokic is one of those guys. I mean, he's the reigning MVP. And, and yeah, I, I led with this earlier that. Sure, this Nuggets team is shorthanded, but they've been shorthanded all season long. And this was just straight up – I don't know if i call it a straight-up embarrassment, but, like, if you're the Denver, if you're a Nuggets fan, like, you have to be somewhat, like – I mean, the, the effort, just overall, I, I thought the Celtics just really just took their lunch money, you know, for all, all four quarters. And, and Jokic could do little to, to nothing about it when it really mattered. Yeah, and when it comes to that conversation, John, of, like, the first half, second half of, with this team and – that first half of the season does drag back a lot of these unreal numbers that they put up since the deadline and really since that Knicks collapse going back 33 games now, which is a decent chunk of the season here. The, the fact that they don't have the same roster as that group helps to some degree. Cause obviously I think Tyson white have been better fits than Schroeder and Ennis, of course. I, I, so it's not the I, same team. I just don't think it's the, I don't think that's it, Bobby. It's well, addition, that, that's part of it. The, you no, don't have don't any bad so. minutes right now. The additions aren't doing anything 
that they weren't doing prior to the, like, look, that nine of 10 stretch prior to the trade deadline is where they turned it around. And uh-huh. I'm not trying to diminish and the it Phoenix yet. win at New Year's Eve. Yeah, uh, but I'm just simply everything. saying yeah. that they they were they, you know, we had left them for dead completely and they went on a ridiculous run that and that's the reason they they they, they went all in at the trade deadline, you yes. know, because because they because they had done that. Uh, but that's no, stretch, a lot of different moving parts. That stretch here. leading up to it, again, it coincided with a lot of different things. It coincided yeah. with Tatum starting to find his stroke a little bit. The biggest one was probably his Marcus. Marcus coming back, getting the getting the memo, and completely turning his season around and playing the best basketball of his career. Ime making the switch, taking Rob off bigs, putting him on non shooting wings, which kind of you know that, mm-hmm. that again. I was just looking at the numbers. That nine out of ten stretch, their defensive rating was ninety four. You know, like yeah. that's where it began to be ridiculous, and they've carried it through with the core players doing it. You know, you're getting decent contributions, but not not outstanding outside of the guys you were getting it from before yet. That's actually one of the cool things is if Derek white is the best version of Derek white and gets it going, that's another thing you have yet to really fully get out of him. You haven't gotten like the Derek white carry you for stretches on a couple of times he has, um, but not consistently enough. No, my, my point. But my well, point. it's the, it's the lead by committee second. second and then unit, Pritchard you know just I mean? started playing better too. And you're right. If you want to yeah. say Bobby, I think that's fair. If the Schroeder minutes, you're gonna you're gonna continue to say those were bad minutes. That's fine. It doesn't. It's feel not like the Sh- key. It's just part of it. It yeah. didn't feel like Schroeder fit with the new wave Celtics, which was all about the defense. Like when the team morphed into what they became. What's so funny is Schroeder's best contributions came when they sucked. And then during that 10-game stretch where they started moving the ball and playing he defense, you yeah. couldn't play him anymore. So he did become superfluous in that stretch there. Um, and you saw he was really marginalized and kind of put to like 14, 15, 17 minutes a game. They weren't leaning on him as much to carry stuff because they had completely transformed themselves. But they did it themselves. Like, this is like yeah. – it's a lot of it. I, I'm not discrediting anything. I'm saying the guys who were here, who we were losing our minds frustrated watching, are the ones who have turned it around themselves. Complete 180, which is amazing to me. You just yeah, don't see that. You don't see that happen a lot. And that's probably yeah. the biggest reason. The only other thing I'll add to like our little championship conversation, I'm sure we're hey, buddy. every night here, is that I dug into the numbers. Hey, a little what bit. up, Sharad? I dug into the numbers a little bit of the stretch going back to the deadline or so here and. Their margins are starting to look like that 2018. You know, I think everyone was thinking about that comparison on Sunday when KG was back and everything like that. Uh, the last two teams to out to hold their opponents um, over nine points below the league average in scoring uh, were the 08 Pistons and the 08 Celtics. And that's exactly what the Celtics are doing here now in this extended run, holding their opponents to 9.9 points. Sherrod likes that. Those are, the, those are the two best defenses that year, right, Sherrod? That Sherrod like likes the, the, that comparison. Are you talking the 04 Pistons or 08? No, the 08 uh, Pistons 08. were right there with the Celtics. That, 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 washed, that, yeah. that washed up team. That washed up team. But, but. They were still a great defense statistically. That 04 was the standard. Yeah. That was, that was a blueprint that that 08 team was playing for with. Right. But you, I mean, Bobby, you're right. Though. I mean, they're, they're, what they're doing is, and you don't see this happen often, where you're able to minimize the best player night in and night out. I mean, Jokic is an MVP. He's going to be in a conversation for years to come. And he was as big a non-fact as I've seen him in any game tonight. Uh, four assists, 
he had, I think, 23 points, but he took, I think, 22 shots or 23 shots. Um, right. Very inefficient scoring. He wasn't getting a lot of rebounds. I think he had eight rebounds, uh, four assists. And it wasn't one or two guys. It was a collection of guys. And then the guys around them didn't do anything. It's like they're creating this trickle-down effect where they're taking basically the head of the snake and they're taking all the other body parts of the snake and chopping them up too. That's what they're doing. They're leaving absolutely nothing for teams to work with because of how they're defending. All right, we want to take a little pause, tell everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online, betonline.ag. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage. As the tournament is finally upon us, looking to wager, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts once again. Head over there to the website, use that promo code CLNS50, and get started today. Yeah, and, and you got I remember Jalen we're... Brown giving the crowd the stink face. Like, this is this, this your squad? This is it? I love that. When I, the chance for MVP, yeah, yeah, the MVP yeah. champs were really, really shocking because at one point in a game, I was over where there was a lot of Celtics fans were, but then mm-hmm. I went over to a section that was not nearly as concentrated, and those chants were still being. I heard, Sherrod, that so, they put, like, Brady up on the Jumbotron or something. They'll, like, try to get the fans to boo or something like that when Grant was at the free throw line because they were just going nuts all game. It was like a Celtics home game. It was, and, and it's, it's unusual for that here because usually, I mean, when I've been here in the past, this has been a, this is one of the, the low-key, really good crowds uh, as far as fans are concerned. Yeah. The Celtics, did, the Celtics they, I mean, they took the players out of the game and they took the fans And I'll give Jimmy that. Right Jimmy, a couple games ago – or it might have been last week, said this is a team now that's going to start to become like a road attraction. Celtics fans are going to travel to road games. I know our old friend of uh, the show, Ty Ray, just traveled from Seattle to Sacramento to see that game. And every night you're seeing more and more. I think Charlotte, there were a ton of Celtics fans at that game. Uh, They're just more and more piling into the arena to see this team and then i think like neutral fans too are like what's going on here we gotta go see this team up part of it more pumped up too yeah yeah part of it is is obviously that they're winning but i think the bigger draw is how they're doing it i mean you've got tatum dropping three bombs and giving kisses to the crowd you got you know grant williams making plays you got tice coming in for 10 minutes and getting you seven points i mean it seems everyone that Every button that Eme is pushing of late. That's <laughs> unreal. Been how, right different, how different is Tatum in that regard, by the way? Like, you look at his shooting struggles early in the year where he had wide open looks and he would take an mm-hmm. extra second, set his feet. You could tell going through, you know, the, the you know things in his mind about, okay, just relax, breathe, do what you do, and he's still missing them. And now he's taking those, those back-to-back threes and the kiss to the crowd at the end. Those it felt like there was a 99.9% chance those were going in. Those like, he knew he's like, okay, bang. And then, and this one should do it. Good night. You know, it was like Steph Curry at the all-star game, turn around, look at the crowd. Did it go in? Oh, you know, like he knew it. He just freaking knew it. And it's a completely different mindset, completely different mentality now than it was earlier in the year. I also I think, think for, go ahead, Sean. 
No, no, I was just going to say, I, I think the reason for that is that, and this will sound crazy, but I think Tatum's out there not thinking at all. Like, he's not thinking about, I need to make a good pass. He's not thinking about, I need to play good defense. He's not thinking about, I need to make this shot because they're counting on me to make this shot. He's just out there playing now. And that is when he is at his best, when everything he's doing is organic, comes in the flow of the game. He's not going to shoot great every night, but he's not allowing it to get in his head and affect his ability to impact the game. And right now, I mean, he, you know, I it's, it's hard for me to think of five players in the NBA right now that are playing better than him right now. Right now, not for the season, because if you look at the season as a body work, I think it's easy to find. But if you're talking about the last two, three weeks when they've been on this ridiculous run, uh, nine of the last 11 games they've won, I don't know if there are five guys in the league during that span that are playing better basketball than him. So yeah, they're going to they're gonna rock the, it up the standings here. And he's it will in the be first team all-NBA conversation right yeah. now, for sure. Yes. Yeah, not only that, but it, say they get in the play for the one seed here, which – it's in play because they have that Miami tiebreaker and they just keep winning every mm-hmm. single game they play. Mm-hmm. They have Miami next week as well. And they're That's, just percentage points behind Milwaukee for the three spot now. Yeah, and two's right in play as well. So if they get up to that one-two range, that's when Tatum really starts to get a long look at MVP. Because, you know, I don't think pe- a lot of people watch Denver. I said this well, I, a, cu- I, a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm on the Jokic train just with the ridiculous I think, stuff they've done. I think done. tonight just knocked Jokic below Embiid, by the way. Man, I'm dude. not kidding. I really no, do. I think so. I think I think, I think so. massive. And my number one guy too. I think massive yeah. failures like this against big teams um, really stick out. Against good teams, uh, really yeah. stick out here. Yeah, especially with like also, ten games left in the season, right, John? Right. And your point, just way that point you just made, that to me is why it's such a huge, huge blow. Because if let's say he played like this a month ago, and it was Embiid who had a game like this tonight, then it would be just the opposite. Yeah. Um, right. The voters, exactly. they remember, they have. You know, whatever you most, what have you done for me lately? Lately is how they look at this stuff. Yeah, it hurts. Hey, real quick, two things. Um, uh, Sherrod, you said you were going into the locker room, uh, you know, uh, to check in on Marcus. He had gone in. Uh, he didn't finish the game on the bench. What's going on there? Yeah, Ime talked about. Uh, he said that Marcus was having some type of like sinus or nasal issue, uh, and it got. I, I think he got hit or, or got whacked at some point, and it just kind of aggravated that he doesn't think he'll be out long term he doesn't think he'll be out at all he doesn't he says he'll be fine uh so if, if we're talking about something like that I, it's hard for me to imagine that mark is going to miss any time with something like that it sounds like it's just one of those get some rest get some good meds and you you're good to, he'll be good to go it's that mile high would be the game to do it if, if, they, if he needs an off night or if anyone needs an off night because the thunder have stunk they're they're bad yeah but they play hard they play hard, and whenever you play a team that plays hard, they can kick your ass on any night. I don't care how many yeah. wins you Could got. Could be a trap game. Depends who plays. Yeah. If Shy uh, plays, it's a little tougher. If not, then now, I do want to talk there. about playoff implications because, as you said, it's getting really, really close. And as we said, I said last week, and they talked about it on the broadcast. Scal talked himself in a circle talking about it because he started with like, you know, why would you care who you play, and then he concluded with. But you definitely People are talking about Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But you don't want to face Brooklyn. Yeah. I saw no. that, but, but you just, don't want to see but Brooklyn. You don't. And he was like, that's ridiculous. Why would people say you don't want to face Brooklyn? But you definitely don't want to face Brooklyn. It's not okay when you say it. But I, I'm going to tell you. But uh, let's get into that in a second. 
I, did you just hit yourself right now? Yeah. I want to talk first about the game. Just quick observations, and I, I want everyone else's thoughts on what 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 you thought. Bench was obviously great. That's great. The shots mm-hmm. falling, just little minor things. I thought um, Jalen Brown looked as athletic as he's looked um, for you know oh. a, you know, a long time. Oh, lost the light. I'll fix it. Um, yeah, Jalen shot the lights out, including yeah. in your crib, Sean. Yeah, clearly no, he did. He- no, no, <laughs> yeah, he did. no the, 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 and he was really good in that third quarter. And it was, all, I, again, I, and I've said this before, him and Tatum, it seems like they almost have this two-man relay thing going on where Tatum was, I thought, really good in the second quarter. He had nine points and, and really kind of helped give them a nice cushion. And Jalen was even more dominant in the third quarter with 16 of his 30 points in the third. So um, the way that they've been able to figure out how to just play off each other without getting in one another's way of late, that's been really impressive. Uh, and, 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 you know, to me, I, I go back to Tatum, his ability to understand that he can still get his points, he can still make an impact, and he doesn't have to necessarily do it scoring the ball. Because I think tonight he had like seven or eight assists, had too many turnovers for my liking. I think he had five of those, but he had like seven or eight assists, he had 30 points, he had some rebounds. Overall, good night for him. Yeah, but in addition to, like I said, the production, just he just looked like he had a little bit of more juice, a little bit more jump. Um, just quicker, quicker to the basket, quicker to elevate, getting by people. I, there was one time I remember he just had that really kind of, you know, just a couple of moments, but one little sloppy Joe almost turned the ball over, got it back, and then was just kind of between the legs, between the legs, between the legs. And he's like, I'm just going to eventually go by you. And then he just went by the guy. He just His quicks were there just getting into the lane. There's a couple times, too, just in transition where he's just running by everybody. And I know he does that. It's just – I don't know, you know, like, you know, if he's just far enough past that ankle injury right now where it's all back. He just looked, I thought, I just thought to me, he looked like he had extra, just extra, extra, extra juice in the legs. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, he, he, you know, and to be candid, he's due to be like that. I mean, it's it's not like, it's not like he's showing us things that we didn't know he could do. It's a matter of him reintroducing the game to those things that he can do and him doing them more consistently. And we're starting to see that. Uh, I think he, again, he's been one of the obvious keys to their success all season, but during this stretch where they played much better basketball at both ends of the floor, uh, I think he's, he's been better, particularly on his defense. I think his defense has been a lot better the last couple of weeks than it was earlier this year, where I just didn't think he was being as impactful a defender as he has the physical capabilities. Yeah, and I think what I like about what he's doing in a game like this is just focusing on scoring because that might just be who he is, especially at this point it in is. his career. It uh, is. You know, no assists in this game, but he's taking all the great shots from great positions, being assertive in that sense. Because I remember the play you were talking about, John, there. He's getting downhill. I think he's sort of deciding whether he's going to shoot there in the crowd or he's going to kick it to someone else. And he sort of just ends up doubling back out. And that yep. seems to be the big issue for him is in the lane – what's that split second decision going to be like for him? That's where he turns the ball over a lot. That's where he picks up his dribble and takes tougher shots. And it's all that decision-making with him. Now he's got to grow in that regard. Who knows if he's ever going to be a big-time playmaker, but he does have to find the right gear and right positions in each game and sort of figure out what his place is. And on nights like this where he's a finisher, where other guys are setting him up and he's Mm -hmm. the one taking the shot after sequences – that's where he really but, thrives, and he can be super efficient. But that's yeah. the thing with Jalen, and again, we we talked about like we've talked about this a ton, right? Like 
you know, and this this obsession with the playmaking and like he's got to oh he's got to he's getting better as a playmaker. He needs to whatever. I mean, again, he's six years into it. I don't know that it gets better, and I don't know that it matters. That's the point. Like you just said earlier, like if some guys just score and they're really good at it, and that's more than enough. It's the hardest thing to do in basketball, to create your own shot and create your own offense. And Jalen can do it in the half court. He does it in transition. He can do it from outside. He's a three-level scorer. Great. That's amazing. That's good enough. You don't have to be... I, I tweeted something about Jalen, and someone came back at me with like, "Yeah, no assists. He still has blinders on." I'm like, "That's that's that's just who he is." I don't know. At this point, I just don't know that we need to focus on that anymore. The I just always, I just always thought of Jalen as a two way guy whose offense will. Yeah, that needs to end. Thank Sorry, you. Sherrod, I muted you there. It sounds like there's some PA stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I always always look at Jalen as someone who, if his offense is clicking, that that same energy is going to translate on the other end. And I think that's a huge advantage. That's a huge asset for the Celtics because he can be a guy who can knock down the better player on the on the opposing end. But if he's not feeling it on offense, I don't I don't always see that same effort from Jalen. Or maybe it just doesn't click. You know, maybe maybe effort's not the right word. Maybe I'm not being fair with Jalen in that in that regard. But I, I just don't. I feel like when 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 things are clicking offensively, whether that means the scoring as well as finding guys down low and, and making those good passes that the Celtics need to keep the offense flowing. I feel like you see more effort on the defensive end. And then that's a part of, of Jalen's game that I think is going to be a huge asset for the Celtics if he's able to continue to lock down those corners, especially going up against teams like Philadelphia, you know, who, who don't just have one yeah. top-tier score. They have, a, they have a pair. You know, they have a what? couple. It's amazing, too, because Jalen's a guy with, like, a, 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 people default to saying Jalen Brown, two-way player. But, like, defensively, he's probably the least impactful defensive starter. But when he wants to be and he turns up and he does ratchet it up there, he's he, he can he can be an outstanding defender. He just doesn't do it all the time. And you're right. A lot right. of those swings have to go with, like, the offense to defense sort of when thing. When he feels and like he's what, involved more, right, right, when he's definitely more involved with the offense, right? Yeah. But being a scorer is fine, and I don't know when, why people get so triggered when you know when we talk about you know the playmaking thing. He's not, and you know what, yeah. the ball does stick to him a little bit, and when he's not going well, it it's not great. And what happened earlier in the year is a ton of my ball, your ball sort of stuff. Jalen's still the only guy where that happens here, but it doesn't matter if he's doing the type of stuff he does tonight or the type of stuff he did at the beginning of last season, because he just becomes automatic. You know, that he's the microwave, you know, 14 points, 16 points, just these massive runs. And that stuff's great. Like you need that sort of, sort of stuff there. He just goes on one of those tears and it's incredible. So if he's being, if he's scoring efficiently, you don't care as much when it's not going down. And when, and when Tatum's got to get his, and that's what was happening earlier in the year, that's what, that's what you were getting the, my ball, your ball, my, ball your ball it's not ideal you want that ball moving but Jalen's one of those guys where he needs it in his hands to cook he's got to set up his guy and he's just got to go and and he's just got to make his decisions fast and get downhill quickly um and you know he's been doing a charade sorry go ahead oh sorry I still got you go for it Yep. Yeah, that was one of the things I talked to Ime about, about just I asked him about, you know, some of the things that this, this team is doing better now. And one of the offensively, and he said that they're just making quicker decisions. And even though he was talking about the team as a whole, my first thought was Jalen, because I think that's where he has to be impactful. 
uh, because he's not going to be a high assist guy. He's not going to be a facilitator, a ball mover. He has to be more quicker with his decision. And he typically has a matchup where he can take advantage of that and use that quickness and that quick decision-making power. Well, if we, throw, if we throw it back to the beginning of the year, may talking about both these guys needing to become playmakers. I almost wonder if Tatum's emergence in that role changes the equation for Jalen and they look at him as more of a finisher off of Brown. And, you know, when those two guys are playing off each other, it's Tatum setting up Brown and he needs to be the guy who's consistently feeding Brown the ball in spots. I'm excited to see these guys run pick and roll in crunch time. Uh, we've seen bits and pieces of it in close games, and it's worked really well against Brooklyn, against Dallas late in that game. Uh, they are going to be deadly in that <laughs> regard, and we waited forever to finally see it, and now that it's there, it's exciting because those two guys in space next to each other, throw Rob in there as a roller, that three-man game there, and you know you might even call those the three pillars of the team right now, their big three. There's a few plays where those guys get in actions together, and magic happens. Golden State, the home game much earlier in the year, there was just a brilliant set where Brown sort of like faked the screen for Tatum or other way around. And then Rob was rolling off them with a screen and threw down an alley-oop. But like the amount of pressure that those three guys attract in their own way, it's unguardable. So continue to roll with those three guys playing off each other in the same area of the court. And this offense, there's no limit. I mean, you might have the best defense and one of the five to six best offenses in the league here if you can pull that off throughout the flow of games. But Jalen's the key. He needs to find his spot, right, Josue? Like, we've been talking about that corner Jalen forever who just gets lost. It's not there this year, but there's still shades of it at times. Yeah, I mean, that, that, one of the things just being out west here and just talking with some of the assistant coaches that they pointed out was that there's things that they work on when they're practicing and there's what you see in games and the level of execution isn't anywhere close in games to what it could potentially be. And that has them excited because they're still winning decisively and they're not offensively offensively yes and they're still not playing their best basketball of the season and to your point and we were talking about this earlier this season why don't we see more you know Jalen and, and Jason and pick and roll action with one another and I get the sense that as we get deeper into the season into the playoffs we're going to start seeing them really they might be holding that back that. well because think about it if you're scouting the Celtics you don't have much film with that you can't really prepare for that you have an idea what that looks like but you don't actually have a lot of actual game action where you've seen that. And yet that's something that I know as they get deeper into this thing, we're going to see more of that. And that is why they feel really good about where they are and they feel good about whoever they have to play. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with Scal as far as the Brooklyn thing is concerned. I don't want to see them first round if I'm the Boston Celtics. Because which Scal? The which, one- Scal the, 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 <laughs> which version? The, the guy who started? That, that's the, that thought the finisher. of it. Or the guy who finished the, it. The finisher. The Slow finisher. Down, the one Scal. Who, the, the, yeah, the, the, the one who... Uh, Dudley's is, on board is, with you, Bobby. Yeah, Woo. but the thing about Brooklyn is that they have an, a wild card in all this that none of us can really account for, and that's Ben Simmons. You don't know whether he's going to be all-star Ben Simmons and fit in just seamlessly, or is he going to be a guy who hasn't played in damn near a year and struggle to find well, I don't think he was on the court today in practice. <laughs> I am less... When we first had this conversation about 
counting out Ben Simmons completely. That was before the latest report that he was out for weeks, you know? Um, and I was like, it's ridiculous. He'll come back. He'll be acclimated enough, even if he's nothing other than. I never thought that. I never even if he's that. nothing other than a guy who plays terrific defense and, you know, and, and he ends up being your four, you know, on that team, which is probably what he's going to be. That's still a friggin' lethal small ball lineup there. Um, and and it's going to, it's it could create problems. I'm now. 50-50 that we you see him this year. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this guy. And Nobody does. sadly, Brooklyn doesn't either. And, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the real problem. They don't know what's going on. Uh, the, the Sixers are clearly winning this trade because the pieces that they added are getting it done. But I still like the fact that Brooklyn got Steph Curry. That Steph and Curry. That's – or Seth Curry, excuse me. Damn, should I get Seth? Seth, the, the other Curry. <laughs> yeah. That was the piece that I thought Philadelphia – gave too much in that deal because he, and you don't get a guy back like, um, you know, he wanted, I would have liked to even got one of Brooklyn's bench guys, like the Cam Thomas kid. I would have liked to got him back. If I'm feeling, give me some type of shooter. That got can Paul Millsap, Sherrod. <laughs> You're talking about 2022, Paul Millsap, yes. not 2015, not 2017. That dude was nice. This guy is not. Yeah, so. but if you're if you're Brooklyn man, you, you're giving me Seth Curry, man. Like, come on, I'm giving you the beard. Like, this is we don't want to do this. Our hands are tied here. You know, like you, I, I understood, I completely understood why you you have to throw in Seth in that in that trade, and and good for them. You know, you should have yeah, got Cam right. back though. You should have got something back though, other than just the beard. You gave up a lot of depth there. It's almost like those two teams kind of sabotage each other. And of course, Harden sabotaged the Nets. That was the root of all of this, and. He ends up bringing back Simmons, who's now a complete unknown. You think of the difference between what Harden is, even his diminished form, and Simmons, who's essentially a zero right now. Uh, he was for Philly, and now Philly's depth has kind of been compromised by that trade. I think it's going to work out for those teams at some point here. It was the right move for both sides, but there are a lot of complications going on on both ends, You know, unintended consequences of that move that, Open a door here for the Celtics in a big way. Like, I love how they match up with Philly. Losing that shooter, as you talk about there, Sherrod. Curry was key to what they were doing in various different lineups. And on the Brooklyn side, that big three was what really scared you. Harden, Durant, Kyrie, all of them eventually being available. And now that's just never going to happen because of that deal. And, you know, who knows even with Irving at this point. No indication from New York City whatsoever. The mayor... The health commissioner, anyone you talk to, mayor's chilling. That mandate is not going away. It seems like so you are going to be in a series where Kyrie Irving doesn't play for three games, and everyone can moan about it and complain and say how unfair it is, but it's just the reality. And he has the power to reverse it, and he just hasn't chosen to do it. So that's going to be their reality. Yeah, that's going to be misplaced anger, right? Yeah, exactly, Bobby. I mean, I don't, I don't know who. Wherever, wherever you lie in the conversation, if you're talking about Kyrie being able to play in the playoffs and, and what he's – the matter, the, the fact that he can end all this if he really wanted to, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't think you, the blame will fall on the, on the mayor, you know, if, if, we're, if we're being completely truthful. Kyrie is too far 
down that one pole to, to just pull off for air now. It, it's just, it's not going to happen. The, <laughs> yeah, right. the only change that could potentially happen is if just the laws within the state of New York change uh, in his favor, because he's not going to make that decision. It's clear as day that he's not budging on that. And to be candid with you, if I'm a teammate of his and he decided to do that in the playoffs, I'd be kind of pissed because now you're, if you're Brooklyn, you're probably going to be like a six, seven or eighth seed. And had he done it earlier, you're probably looking at a top two, top three finish. And so at that point, you've, you've put them in a position where the road to get to your destination is going to be much harder than it should be. And, you know, they're going to say all the right things, but there's a part you've got to believe as a teammate. You're looking at your guy be like, damn, seriously? Right. I, mean, I was going to say, I was just going to Now you want to do this? If you're, if you're Durant, are, are you frustrated? Are you upset? I mean, Harden's gone. Things are going down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, I, I really need you right now you know, on the, on these, at these home games. See, the thing about Kevin Durant is he is one of those people who is extremely confident in anything and everything he does. There's not a situation, I think, out there where he doesn't feel he can't carry a team and get a chip. Uh, and so for him, it's like, yeah, being great if James stood around. But you know what? I got Kai. We got Ben at some point, I think. And yeah. I'm here. So he wants his name all over this, right? Yeah, okay. we're, we're going to be all right. I mean, Tatum had that great game against Brooklyn, but you know, Durant had like a low key 37. Uh, right. and it, and again, it was like no big deal for him to drop 37. So that game's so intriguing right. to me because yeah. Kyrie wasn't quite at his best. Durant was amazing, as you talk about there, yeah. Gerard. But I was waiting, I think we were in Philly at a shoot around when I asked Eme, like, what's going to be the counter to your counter? The adjustment you made on defense there. This unstoppable scheme that you've really rolled out here. Like, what are other teams going to do that breaks this eventually? And we still haven't really seen it, but Brooklyn came closest with Durant slamming the brakes and pulling up from mid-range and Kyrie switching on the Horford. And those guys basically picking their matchup, which you can do against this defense. I think that's what scares everybody rightly with the Nets coming into town is that they have those two isolation players that can really break what you're doing here in terms of one-on-one game. But it's not easy. Like there were some really difficult parts of that game for the Nets where they really started to struggle and they got that Bruce Brown factor too. Like you can put Rob on Bruce Brown and ignore him, And that's so huge. So unless Curry starts really rolling for them or, you know, Brown starts to break free a little more than he did in that game, there's still Mm -hmm. some advantages to the way the Celtics play defense here. And this is why, like, I'm so high on this team because I don't think we've ever seen a team do what they're doing. Golden State comes closest during those years where they switched everything and they had that death lineup, but they didn't have the size the Celtics have right now where they are just physically imposing. Yeah. That was small ball, right, what the Warriors were doing? Real quick, this is tall ball. They were the first one to do to win it without a, without a traditional center. Quick breaking news. Um, my lights work. Um, yes. But the bigger one is uh, Philly loses. Um, Celtics are now in a virtual tie for third. Oh man! So it keeps surging. Here you go. Here and you know go. what? Keep climbing. And and they hold that tie that tiebreaker, right? Against my yeah, virtual tie. It's still when you're down in the loss column, the other team's technically ahead, but that's fine. Um, Don't be scared. There's no reason to be scared. Don't. Bob, dodge Bobby's gonna make standings. us feel all right. Yeah. Like, don't try to finagle. I, th- I think Jeff Van Gundy said it on the national broadcast a couple a little while ago. Like, if you ask for something in the standings or in tanking or in seeding, you're going to get it. And sometimes what you wish for might not end up being yeah, what you want. Yeah, let's not overthink this. Let's not overthink this. You don't want Brooklyn. You don't. 
You don't. Yeah, you don't. Are you not going to rise to the one seed if you have the opportunity? Just it doesn't. You might get them? It doesn't matter. You don't have control over it because you may play yourself into some. Other teams are playing too. You can't control if they win or lose. The Brooklyn could finish seven or eight in the play-in tournament. You have no idea what they'll rise up to. You know because yeah. they could finish as the seventh, as the eighth team, but then the eighth and the ninth get in, and they're the seventh seed. You can't fix it except to completely avoid one or two, which. I don't think you can do because you're playing for you're playing for home court and it's such a razor thin margin between two and four. It's hard to control. We're no, we're not saying the Celtics should tank to avoid them. We're saying that would be really friggin' unfortunate if you shot all the way up the rankings, you got the number one seed and your prize was the Brooklyn Nets in round one. I think that would be a horrible outcome. So it's again, you're not gonna do anything to manipulate it, but let's not pretend it's not bad. It's bad. It would be the yeah. worst case scenario. Worst case right. scenario. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. It's the worst Milwaukee? case scenario. It's the worst case scenario. It doesn't mean you can't win. It just sucks, uh, you know, uh, of everything that you'd end up with there. Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, or Brooklyn. Obviously, oh, Brooklyn's Toronto. who you don't. Obviously, Brooklyn's who you don't want to play. You know, so again, we don't need to call it something it's not. It's a bad. It's not that would. That's a. That's scary. Yeah, it's a tough first round matchup. Yeah, and you and you but, still might beat them. It's just scary. It's just, it's just that's you definitely would rather not let somebody else deal with them. Especially let somebody else deal with them and let them knock out a friggin' one seed. Wouldn't that be something? You know, like they could they could be giant killers. You know, right? They can get so, those guys out of the way, so you don't have to face the face of Milwaukee. You know, yeah. Bobby, a Milwaukee or a Miami team. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. need them to knock off one of those big three for you. So you, you so and and I think that's a, that's inevitable. Uh, but you don't if you're gonna see them, see them in the second round, see them in the conference finals. You don't want to see them right out the gate. Yeah, and there's something too to two teams in a grueling series that can kind of take both teams out. We saw that when the Celtics went seven with Toronto, and they were a little worn out for that Miami series after Miami had just blown through Milwaukee there. So. There's something to that, too. You do want the easiest path that you can come up with here, and there's no real easy path in the East. But if you do get up to one, that's where you might end up getting, as John, you talked about the Atlanta or Charlotte team. That probably pushes you a tiny bit, but there's no real fear that those teams are going to knock you out, especially with no Hayward or Collins on those There's no fear that you're going to lose to those other teams at this point. You couldn't say that about the Celtics before. Now – there's no fear that you're going to lose to any of those teams. Are you scared there, of Toronto? There, no, there's no. Wow. Look, I like Toronto, but there's no fear you're going to lose. It'll be a long series. Um, It'll be a series. There is a They're legitimate fear you could lose to Brooklyn. It doesn't mean you will. Right. People like guys, it's two two different things here. It, we're not saying Brooklyn will beat the Celtics definitely. Of just all the possible first round opponents, if you were seated one or two, that would be the one you don't want. That's it. That's it. But it'd be so captivating for our purposes. It'd be fun. It's great theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, we'd have seven fun games right away. Oh, it'd be so fun. And I, you know, New York City, easy jump down there. Other reasons, but anyway, the team Again, you, you can't control want. it. You might end up second, and that's that. You know, um, and that's that. You know, it's that tight right now. And yeah, what's you, Philly got Miami next? Uh, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. You, you, you're you so right, John, in that, like, with everything moving around, you really can't avoid things anyway. Like, yeah, you're just you going to play. In, like, a very narrow circumstance. So what you want to do is rise as high as you can 
If and that gives you a better chance of seeing a worse team. You could see a world in which you there are distances created between four and five, so you're assured home court and you could rest people. You know, like that's the only thing I could see some teams doing. And that but multiple teams might have that in mind, you know? But like that's right. one thing I could see um happening if there were some separation and that the the top four teams and the Bulls fall and that fight they're three, four, five games back, and you know you've got home court in that first round. Maybe, maybe that's somewhere where you'd think about it. You know, I think the three spot, three spot is is a sweet spot for the Celtics because that that it will avoid you having to play one of those play-in teams. And I think Brooklyn will be in that seven, eight, yep. nine, ten range. And so if you're the three, you're not gonna deal with that. The uh, downside the, score, yeah. the downside to not being the two though is 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 a guaranteed second home series. Um, you know, uh, home court through two through two rounds. But so, you know what? This so you're is dodging you're Brooklyn not, to fit into right. that three spot, which is a sweet three spot, but you're risking not getting home, you know, home court for that second round. But this is probably the one team in the Eastern Conference that nobody wants to see on their home floor because Definitely. they have gone into lots of cribs and just basically put their feet up on the damn table, muddy as hell, sit back and like, now what y'all going to do? Clean my stuff. You, I will F almost, yo couch. I mean, the, the way that they've gone into Rick James, though. so disrespectful. It's just been absolutely disrespectful. We're not only going to beat you, but we're going to beat the snot out of you. Eat your food. Try on your clothes. Tonight was embarrassing food. for Denver. And then we're going to go home. And then we're going to go home. Tonight was <laughs> embarrassing for Denver. It was. Really, they are really demoralizing teams. It, it really yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, you yeah. The 50-piece right. in Philly still blows my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's never happened in Celtics history between them and the Sixers. And they've obviously played a million games over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. what a run they've been on here. Yeah, it's crazy. I've never, um, I've never seen a Celtics team do a one eighty like this, honestly. Never. And look, I, I know there's there's been plenty of Celtics basketball that happened way beyond, way before I started watching and covering this team. But this is this has been a heck of a season. Yeah, but some of those old, those teams that that you know back in the fifties and sixties before we were around were teams that had veterans who, for whatever reason, just the, the switch came on and and then lo and behold, this team of like nine rotation guys, seven of which are Hall of Famers. Lo and behold, they figured out how to win. Well, no shit. That's what happens when you got Hall of Famers. That's kind of how that works. Right. On this team, you got what, maybe one, two, maybe that you could project to be in that conversation. And yet they have literally flipped the script like we have never seen before. Went from being, you know, basically, man, if they could just get one of the top seasons of the playing game, this is going to be a good season. Right. Nobody, <laughs> nobody yeah. flips from this the script. This will, this will be a learning season for them, right? Do you remember right. last year? We made a lot of fun of this. Uh, Tristan Thompson, you know, after a loss in a postgame, uh, you know, press conference was like, yeah, we're playing for something bigger than this. And we're like, dude, you guys are a freaking 500 team. Like, give me a break. But, like, You're this alive. idea that, like, we got it. We're going to play. And no, that was didn't. horrifying to listen to. <laughs> but this yeah. team did. Um, and it's, right. it's right. amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It happened uh, on a dime, John. Right after the collapse in New York when we all, all right, I especially declared them dead. They just started it was, winning it was, every game it was, after that. It was Marcus who started it. Uh, because when Marcus came back and was a different guy and the Marcus, please don't trade me. Marcus it has, continued on, has continued on playing easily, easily the best basketball of his career easily. 
uh, by miles. Uh, and then the Rob thing, I think just that awakening of that defense, that little thing where that, that little switch that he may made where he's just letting Rob play free safety just changed everything because everybody committed to defense all at once. Um, and they, 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 they did what they do and they make it really hard. And as soon as you friggin' get into the paint, Rob's flying in there out of nowhere. And just like, it just completely changed the game, but it starts with Marcus. And I think that little email switch and then Tatum started getting better. They bought into the, I mean, it was, you never see a team buy in like on, like not do something for so long. And then all of a sudden be like, Oh, let's do it. You know? And they did like that. Uh, it's yeah. Especially offensively. Defense, we always said, is effort and commitment. And fine, a little bit of learning curve with the switching and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, you could see that. But offensively, it didn't look like this team was going to be able to, to, to figure it out. That, no, that's and, what, and that's what I'm blown away by. Yeah. Right. And typically when Same. you see teams make that transition, it's usually because someone was injected into the conversation like a Kevin Garnett. Right. Where, every, where everything changes. But there was no KG in the building for this transformation. It's just like they literally figure this shit out. This is why yeah. this is why um Ime to me I saw I saw betting odds recently had Ime as fifth. Ime is by far the coach of the year. I I, I think I'm taking that. It's insane that there's a conversation had. Right. It's insane to me. Um that because how as you just said, Sherrod, and that's what made me think about it. It wasn't an injection of like they got this stud at the trade deadline or something happened. Finally, they just started listening to the coach who'd been telling them to do this from the beginning he had of the a plan year. And he implemented it. Yeah. And right. he did it. And he never and he, he never switched up either. And he yeah. didn't switch it. And then they did it. And they're like, Oh, that thing he was telling us to do worked. And then they felt good about themselves and then they kept doing it. Now they're playing with this with this swag now. Totally different team, complete identity makeover just because yeah. they finally started doing what he may told them to do so i to me it's a it's a you know and systems a, the systems that are in place they're his yeah, slam dunk well, for, for most of these awards it's always what have you done for me lately and when you look at the coaches who we talked about all season they're starting to slip they're starting to slip they're falling to the back of the pack they're whatever they were doing is not working nearly as effective now as it was back in November and December. And that's in Ime's favor because clearly what he was preaching then is now starting to be activated. You're seeing it from not just Tatum and Brown, but all the way down to Peyton Pritchard, who is a very different player now than he was like a month ago. Um, very different. And even though when you talk to him, he gives that real, I'm confident as hell in my game. His play did not reflect that. Uh, he was passing up shots. He looked nervous when he did take shots. Uh, his defense, it is what it is. But his effort, I think, is much better at that end of the floor. Um, but his overall growth has been so obvious and poignant. Uh, and they need that if they're going to be successful and, and make that deep playoff run. We got to yeah, talk about Pritchard. Man. I thought we already did, man. I th I thought no, we, we could do Pritchard. I thought he had enough of the slice of the No, uh, Bobby the wants to take a victory lap. I want to do Pritchard. Two things I want to tell people. First off, our uh, garden report bracket has made it through round one. Okay. We've gone from 32 to the sweet 16. Um, thank you for all of your votes. We tabulated both the Twitter votes and the ones we did on the post game shows during the week. I'm going to put it up here and I'm going to tell you there was an Ooh, eight one upset. Okay. Ooh. Jimmy homeschool goes down. That was the biggest upset by far. Other than that, most of the top seeds held, you had a five, 
uh, as calm, calm.com, everyone remain calm, beating uh, Joe Sway 700. That was a bot- battle of the sponsors there. Calm beat LinkedIn and Joe Sway 770 million people uh, on the planet. Uh, that was the big one, but looking everything else. Looking for jobs. No, you didn't think there were that many humans alive. <laughs> no, no, looking for jobs online, all right? It's a big difference, all right? All right, there's no little five-year-old online looking so for a job. So a massive. Walk this one back, Joe You cannot walk it back. I'm so sorry. A massive. Uh, there's not 770 million people in the world. <laughs> I didn't say it. No, get me up there. That's like your. That's like. But Jimmy's, carry on with Jimmy's your fart. <laughs> we're gonna. We're not gonna. We're just gonna pretend it didn't happen. That's fine. Um. But anyway, we're gonna be running polls again. Conversation is still going though. I like that. Uncomfortable Round two. Make the final four. Uncomfortable conversations is in there. Phenomenal. I don't know how phenomenal it is in a runaway winner at this point. Uh, the Celtics broadcast said phenomenal like 40 times tonight. There's yeah, no other I way noticed to that too. Scal said it like three times. I kept smiling. It's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Scal's loving that word tonight. It's true. It's contagious. Um, That's what it is. Bike watch. People like bike watch in there. I think that actually Jimmy thought bike watch was seated too low as a three seed. So we'll see about that. Um. We'll see about that. I like Park this bracket, eight. though. It's good. It's good. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no clear-cut favorite. This is going to be good. It'll get serious. So we're going to post the polls on Twitter um, starting uh, tomorrow, and then you guys can vote on the show again. It's a back-to-back, right? They play tomorrow night? Yeah. Okay. Boomer okay. Rage snuck through. That was a close one. Very, very close, by the way. Oh, yeah? Was, yeah that, was a, that was a game winner? Game winner at the end? <laughs> yeah. Herman Gomez, that's another sleeper. Oh, that's a sleeper. That one's going to go, yeah. I like That's it. Anyway, uh, we lost Bobby for a little bit here, just when we were going to let him talk about Pritchard. It's like I pulled this plug because I didn't you get want upset him to about do the it. bracket talk. Is I'll come back when you guys are ready to talk about. People. I went into the back and I freaking <laughs> I, I I pulled the plug on Bobby because I didn't want him to take his Pritchard victory lap. <laughs> let's I do we, it. I thought we covered it for a good five six minutes. No, no. Nah, let's do it without him. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to go to my point that I mentioned earlier in the season, which was like. When this, when this conversation first started with Bobby, right? When Bobby was saying, well, how about Pritchard getting in there? Or how, how could someone like Schroeder uh, be interrupting the development of Pritchard? And I said, like, Bobby, I don't think when it comes to this team, the point of his development is at that point where if he's not knocking down threes for you, you're not going to turn to him because you have other playmakers that can do that for you. It, it even the, the point still stands with someone like Derek White in a sense of getting guys the ball and running the offense. Like, I, I just don't think... Pritchard is quite there yet, but when he's knocking down three-pointers, yeah, this is the Pritchard that's going to make him, this is what's going to keep him on the floor. This is exactly he's, what the Celtics he's need. Still a, They've always needed this. You he's know? still but a specialist. I, I just, right, he's still a specialist, but that's, that's, the, that's the difference. That's the key. I yeah. think that's, a, that, that's two conversations maybe we need to have with Bobby and differentiating the fact of, uh, of someone who's, who's a full-cut, you know, a, 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 a point guard that you can rely on off the bench for consecutive minutes, or is he that guy, if he's hot, Keep him in there. You know what I mean? If, he, if he's if he's one for five for three point, you're gonna see his minutes go down. If he's failing it, then give him the green light. But for Bobby to fit him into that square of him being a, a, a full four general out there that could develop into one, maybe I just don't see that this year. Right. I think you have That's, you have no, other guys. I, you have other guys that can do that already. I, at a better yeah. level. I, I like Derek White with the ball in his hands and Pritchard playing off the ball. I think that takes exactly. advantage of what each of their strengths is because Derek White gives you a big physical defensive guard who can play make and Pritchard 
if you're doing what you're supposed to do, is going to get open and knock down shots. Make some threes. Each of the, yeah. It play, yeah, it plays to each of your strengths, and that's what you want. You, you want to put guys in positions where they can do what they do well and Pritchard as your primary ball handler. I think that takes away from what I think makes him a, a, well, a special addition to this team, which is a shot maker. It was a hard fit before because – um, just from a size perspective, you're playing him in that second unit with Schroeder, um, and it was harder to hide him. So it was difficult um, to do that. Derek White being a bigger guard, you're seeing that Pritchard-White combo quite a bit because, yes, he is able to play off the ball, or a lot of times that's a unit that you see him out there with Tatum and Grant, and Tatum's handling the ball, and you've got a lot more space out there, and Grant and Pritchard are out there able to kind of extend things. Uh, and it's worked. So the combos worked. Um, in terms of whether or not like he can be the second unit floor general leading the team playing 25 minutes a game, I'm still dubious. But like you yeah. take you take the that this is what he's supposed to do. Last year he showed he can shoot and he's not afraid to take the shots and they desperately need that um, from people. So if he's able to come out there and do what he's done these games, which is like bang, 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 just knock down his open shots and he's able to get those open looks because he doesn't have to create for himself freaking great you know like that's the ideal scenario to be out there in a situation where you can play off the ball and just have have it swing to you and knock and be able to take your shots and that's perfect for him perfect so right now he's in an ideal role um you know and and he's yeah. making the most of it which is great i just don't see that expanding this season and again if, if he's if he's cold I don't think you're going to see him out there as much. And I think he's going to start to show when, when the, when the Celtics defense sort of, you're going to see the hole in the Celtics defense and it's going to be him. You know, I, I think when he's not feeling it, if he's not getting those easy looks in transition or those open threes, it's going to be hard for him to, to find minutes. Yeah. On a consistent it, basis. And it didn't matter who it was that we were begging for like Neesmith minutes. All basically it was yeah. like, please insert blank player who can hit an open three. It didn't matter. Pretty much. It's, but now, because of these lineups allow Pritchard to do it more um, than, right. than, than but, before. But, but yeah. John, that's the reason why these guys are getting, you know, the, the, the guys at the end of the bench getting these 10 days that turn into contracts for the year because they all can shoot. You know, they all, the subjects are that desperate for that sort of player that they sort of have a couple on reserves on ice just in case. Like, right. like that's, how, that's how bad it can get from behind the arc. And that's why when the subjects are shooting, like, like what we saw tonight against the Nuggets, they're damn near unbeatable. Like it's incredible when they when they're able to connect like that because because of the, the strength of their defense. Josue, I can't hear you at the moment, but it doesn't you look can't like hear you're me. muted. No, I'm sorry, uh, Sherrod, we can't hear you. Oh, right you mean now. Sherrod, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I think Sherrod's trying to talk, but there he goes. I got you now. No, 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 no Josue, he's, he's spot on with that. I mean, this this team is just everything is just coming together, and this crazy part to me is that they're still not playing great basketball. They're playing very good, but you can see so many areas of improvement that are, are left untouched right now that you don't know whether it's because they just haven't tapped into it yet or whether they're just kind of putting down on the top shelf and waiting to whip that shit out come playoff time. But either way, they are one of the scariest teams to come playoff time because they have some unknowns about them that could create major problems for teams who think that they're just playing with fool's gold, that they're not that good. Because you don't come into Denver and beat the snot out of them the way they did tonight if you're not good. That just does not happen. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Again, we're looking for uh, we're looking for stacking up, you know. I, I talk about this a lot, and everyone's like, dude, 
just shut up. You know, you play the schedule. You do play the schedule, but you're looking for those wins where you're like, okay, they beat a good team. Again, I know Denver's without, um, you know, two of their top three players, but that's who they've been. But that's who they've been all that's year. That's who they've been all season. Exactly. All that's season. And they've, and they've been a competitive team. And granted, they're in the seventh slot, but they're still a 42 win team right now. It's not like they're a 44 win team. You know, out yeah, west there. Seventh in the West, right? That's exactly. a good team. You know, that's a good team. And you absolutely destroy. And again, I know they can be better. Um, and of course they will be when they get, I mean, again, two of their best. But it doesn't matter. This is the Denver team that has won 42 games this year without those guys on there. So it's a really good team, and you destroyed them, okay? So, again, these are statement wins for sure, you know? Like, you keep playing. You're playing your Sacramento without two starters, and they're crap anyway. It's just hard to get much out of these when you're playing these games. So you're looking for these opportunities to play competitive teams at full strength and then see and be able to impose your will on them gives you kind of more confidence as you're heading into the playoffs. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter who it is. If they play this way, if not dominate, they're going to make life really, really hard on any opponent. Yeah. You know, it's like it's similar to the conversation we had when the Celtics beat the Nets, you know, Oh, well, you know, there's no Simmons out there. Well, Simmons hasn't played all year. So what it doesn't matter. About? That was, it that's the matter. Nets team. That's the Nets team. Right. And that was a great that's game. That's Nets one team. of them. Yeah. Right. And, and I think the same, you could have the same conversation about this Nuggets team. And do, do those records reflect that the team to what they've been all season long, maybe not necessarily. Maybe that's not fair because Kyrie hasn't been able to play all season long. But who they are right now, and this is what this is who the Celtics are right now. So at the end of the day, in a couple of weeks, when the when the when the playoffs start, I mean, that's going to be the identity of the Celtics team. And right now, this team is the the best team in the NBA, in my opinion. So like we've seen in the past, momentum carry into the postseason with teams like like this. But I've never seen the Celtics team do a complete one eighty the way they have this season. So I'm really intrigued as to what can happen, you know, moving forward. But Bobby's back. Bobby, we, we, we queued you up. We, we did it. Your Pritchard, uh, your Pritchard take, man. This is going to close out the show, man. Bobby, we the did, knife here. We did Pritchard you without you. I'm sorry. Um, did you just run off because he was at the podium or something? Yeah, I just grabbed Jalen for a second uh, post game. And a lot of talk about the Jason Jalen combination now that they're scoring 30, 30. each and back to back games here. And, uh, yeah. you know, him not taking much satisfaction or gloating about it working or not need to be splitting up. Um, but, did say that there's more that they can accomplish here. Like there's an even higher level of growth that they can both reach. And I thought the most interesting thing he talked about is them just being themselves. Sort of what we talked about in terms of his game specifically, like him not needing to do anything crazy or just his game all that much, like them just playing their own game, making the right plays, which sometimes involves each other. I don't think there's a concerted effort to hammer each other for looks or pass to each other all that more often. It's just them both embracing the system that they're playing here and passing a lot more to everybody and you know i think that's an underrated part of this last year i think there was a trust factor with this team like is is semi gonna hit those shots if we kick it out is grant gonna hit those shots if we pass it when i could be taking the shot here and i do think even Ime has kind of seen that that like even when the romeos of the world were really struggling to shoot early on keep making those passes because it's going to turn. And eventually it did with the group that they. For everybody, for Horford him. too. Look at all the three point percentages that went oh, up, man. you know, in the last bit. Horford, Smart's been shooting at about a 38% clip um, in this last like 25, 30 Pritchard's game nine stretch. For nine right now. Pritchard, Pritchard's, uh, you know, went through the roof. So again, you're right. It was just, 
it's the more fluidity, more movement, more people catching in rhythm, in good opportunities to get their shots off. And eventually it just started to work. And also Jalen's just getting better looks. Jalen's how I mean, uh, Jason, how many times has Jason worked the ball, relocated, gotten it in a good position, gotten his shot off? Like everybody. Their passing is incredible. That was, that was, My favorite that last play. one was beautiful, yeah. man. That was, yeah. To Horford that one in and the corner. And then, and then Horford in the corner of that one, because it was like, even though Horford's been icy from back there, you just knew he was he was right in the flow of that, and I was going to find the bottom of the net. Yep. That was great. And then the and then the Jalen cut, which was kind of slow to develop, but once it happened, he was like, "Oh boy," you know, and just freaking <laughs> hammered it, you know. Flushed um, it. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, "I should go. I should go, huh? Yeah, I'm going to go." And he friggin', you know, that was. Uh, and everybody <laughs> cut a little so bit more. Set some screen. All the do stuff it. You Move it without about. the ball. It's great. It's, like yeah. we we're like, why can't they do this stuff? You just have to do it. You have to make the decision that we're going to do this stuff. And it, and it happens. And eventually it, they just started doing it consistently and it became habits. Like this is it. to go back to your email point, John, everything he talked about to begin the year, he set out in the opening press conference. He talked about in the preseason, even when it didn't work at first, he kept sending that same message. He stayed with the systems. He stayed with the starting lineup that some of us here didn't like. And it all worked. So, like, there's no more evidence. Yeah. And I guess you got to be close to it to see it. You got to be around it day in and day out. But it's all back to him. But everything, like, yeah. you know what, though? The, the the worry that they wouldn't maintain, you know, that they'd have these lapses. Like, we'd seen them play the right way for a quarter, two quarters, a little bit. And then they would relapse. And that's why you had so many bad four quarters in that first half of the year. So, like, what happens tonight? Um, you know, they – the 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 you know Denver cuts it to 14 16 you know it's kind of right around there and you're like uh, is this going to become one of those instead of freezing up and going into like all right let's just iso it and let get get one of these guys going they just kind of kept running their stuff and they just went back to it and they did it through ball movement through passing through getting guys good open looks and they just boom put it up to 24 again and that was the ball game that's it done um you know where they didn't fall into those terrible habits that had cost them, you know, big leads before in the past. They're just not doing that anymore. So even when they do have lapses, they regain their composure much faster uh, now. Uh, and and you've seen you've, we've seen this happen a few times. A team will inch a little closer and they'll be like, nah, we got it. And then boom. And then back up to 20 something. And that was that. So, I mean, that, that part's been impressive, too. Trusting the process is corny, it's outdated, and it's it's it feels like it's total bullshit, but it's the truth. I mean, that's what they're doing. I mean, they, they had every opportunity to just kind of not embrace this. And for a, a good stretch, they didn't. But clearly the last month or so, they figured out this is how we have to play to be successful. And they're doing it night in, night out. Yep. Uh, Bobby, we'll let you we'll let you close with your Pritchard take. We all we all had ours. I, I just go back to the fit. His pace, his passing, his shooting especially, was always going to be a bigger, a better fit alongside everybody involved than Schroeder's was. And they really unlocked something there by flipping those two guys' minutes, I think. Pritchard hasn't been the key. I think that's what people have been getting mistaken on Twitter when they've responded to a lot of the stuff I've talked about over the last <laughs> day or two here. Like He hasn't been the X factor in this turnaround, but he's another guy that really contributes to all this email stuff we talk about here. And they badly need a shooter. He's 40% for his career now from deep. 40% this season as well. Once he found that rhythm, he played a lot when Schroeder was out with COVID, and he did these things. He just needed this minutes, this role, and 
in some way, I think we all like the Schroeder trade looking back on it, but it might have been better to just go with Pritchard from the start. Well, that's the reason I don't believe. So this is no. where we disagree. None of, us, none of us think Pritchard could have run the second unit offense. What we think Pritchard's done is being able to play now because you have because White is a larger guard. He's gone again. Bobby, I pulled the plug on him again. He just wanted pissed, to walk off. You pissed him off, man. That's he not just what he wanted, wanted to walk off win. Um, ah, Bobby. <laughs> no, go ahead, man. Continue your point. It's okay. No, well, no, no. It's, we said it. We're just saying it for his benefit. Because, again, I don't oh, think it was okay. a switch. I don't think it was a straight switch putting just Pritchard in that would have unlocked it before. Because, again, I don't think him running that second unit offense would have freed him up to do the things that he's doing right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think it was those DMPs and those playing in garbage time that sort of did it, right? It was like him trying to find his niche. And I, I just think it just clicked, honestly, just him getting those open looks and and, I know. and and finding his place in the offense. Yeah. Making the most of those Bobby those didn't want to hear it. Bobby just like, wanted to Schroeder, say Pritchard was awesome. Yeah, and then he wanted to say off. his shit and get out. Yeah, walk yeah. off. He's like, this is a walk off. It's a walk off. Right? <laughs> I, I, I thought I had the last say, John. Didn't you just if, say that? He, fine, he, he like gets the last say. He gets the last say. He like to retort. But no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, I, I feel I feel like not playing is what helped this. And then soon as Schroeder was traded, it was like his eyes his eyes grew. You know, it was like, okay, here we go. This is my opportunity here. But before they go and sign a, a ten guy, uh, a ten day contract guy, or or bring in one of these uh, guys who got weighed from a team and to, to bring in some some point guard help, I need to step up. And that's exactly what Pritchard did. So I'll give him props for that for knocking down the he, shot, making the most of those minutes. Yeah, he read the room. And saw that they don't have any other guards in here but me. Yep. Wait, do, that do may not be the case. Oh, there he is. Yeah, that may not be the case for me if I don't go and ball out. And he's that's what he's done. He's made it so that they can't just say, maybe we need to see. You don't want them to think about that. You don't want them to think about adding someone at that position if you're already in a building. Pritchard, I give him lots of props. He is absolutely handling yeah. his business. Which, ironically, I say that, and Bobby just reappears. Damn, Bobby, we'll talk about it offline. We've told, <laughs> we've told, we've told the group what we think twice now, so we're just not going to do it again. Um, well, I got, I got it out there, but just yeah, he's he's better than you think, John. He's going to be really good. Yeah, that's he, the most Bobby response right there. It's okay because I, I got it out there, so I, I got put it, it this way. No, we wanted. I, 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 I do I not want... believe. I believe Pritchard is still. I believe Pritchard. On a good team, good. I believe Pritchard on a good team is more like your nine or ten guy. I don't believe he's like your starting second unit point guard. I believe he has yeah, value exactly. for the thing that he does. I believe that he's a specialist. I believe what we said before, his opportunity came when Schroeder left, not because Schroeder was gone, but because he was able to play alongside larger guards and you could hide him there. I don't think you could have a lot of Pritchard-Schroeder lineup, so his minutes suffered. Yeah. So Schroeder ate into them, but able to play off the ball where he's a shooter and he can catches it in you know and gets open looks that's what he does if he can do that great and yeah he can handle it and he can pass it too but you don't want him as your primary lead that second unit offense point guard because then i think he's not able to create his own shot he's just not going to get those looks if that's who he is so john called john called him uh john called him shane larkin bobby what do you think about that no i didn't someone else in the chat did he's so much better I'm You're talking about a guy. That. I mean, the most valuable. You would have believed not, it, John. Come on. The most valuable <laughs> skill set, not only, not only on this 
uh, in the league, but on this team especially, where they really struggle to shoot, is the sh- is the shooting, the spot up catch and shoot shooting. Yes, and that's what he does. And Look, he, that's this is what how he does Grant, at an elite level. That's how Grant got his spot in here, and that's how Pritchard got his got his spot in here. They would have, and we said it before. If it was Neesmith knocking down those shots, he'd be playing those minutes, but he didn't. So Pritchard is and will continue to play them because they need it and they need shot making and he's making shots it's 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 that, that easy was my that yeah. was my take in january that if you get rid of schroeder even if you get nothing back from him, and they did entice which was nice the addition of pritchard to the rotation would be such a refreshing add with the shooting and the pace i know and all the but things he brings it he's been fine and like he's been better like his numbers fine, aren't better than schroeder's john but he's playing better than schroeder was it's just it's 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 within what is needed right now. I do think if you were counting on him 25, you know, to 30 minutes a night like Schroeder was playing, that would be a pro- that would be problematic. So luckily you don't have to do that, but again, just to be realistic, the bench is an area where we've seen entire nights that they're not getting anything out of them, and so I'm not ready to check that box into strength yet, but any night that you're seeing when the shots are going down and they're playing the appropriate amount of minutes and they're not getting eaten up and they're not giving up leads during those stretches and they're able to kind of hold the line is a win for this group because the starting unit has been so dominant. You need to be able to play those guys in there and just maintain for a little bit. And when you have nights like this where you're stretching leads or like the other night where that Pritchard unit really kind of helped blow, blow it open, that's gravy. So take it when you can get it I, I i'm not sold all the way that like they've locked up they, they're, they're they feel really really good about the guys coming off the bench right now i still think it's a little bit worrisome heading into the playoffs but you know right I now think, right now we'll take it i think there's a real case for an apology cam here but i don't think it's gonna happen i think all of us still think the thing that you said about pritchard needing those all those minutes i i don't think any of us agree with that yet I just don't think he's that guy. I I, I still yeah. think he's the ninth or tenth guy. He hasn't gone all Jeremy Lin yet. Okay. Yeah, he's not. He's not right. I mean, he's 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 yeah. hit a few shots. It's nice, but like we're not all the way there yet. He's got to blow the roof off of it in order to get into apology oh, camp. All right. Yeah. He's, he's got to stack a few. He's got to. I don't think. I don't think even if that happens, it's coming. But we'll we'll see. It's but possible. He's, he's going in a great direction right now. We I don't mean... do. We do not do apology. Did Kemba Walker teach us nothing about the apology cam? Okay. You guys. You guys begged for it after every twenty point game. I'm like, guys, the guy. Well, you're is, right about that one. The guy is done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like he used to do this in his sleep, guys. You don't understand. And then he gave we, we you like need, a, a eight point dud the next we night. We don't do small dollars. sample size apology cams, guys. It's not what we're in the business of. Okay. Here, here's so my thing, though. Here. And this is this is what was so shocking to but me he's about been the fact phenomenal for four games. Okay. Well, he wasn't playing at all to start the year. I know. And I know. And the like, nose it was thing a tight was rotation. real. The nose thing was real. I know, oh, but right. last year. Last. Man. He played a lot, and he played really good, and he did it right away. I, I mean, it wasn't a fluke, and he did it in the summer, and now he's doing it now. And when they give him the minutes during the COVID portion, like when he plays, he plays good. It, it's been a constant <laughs> for his career. And now he's a 40% career three-point shooter, and you, you're just not going to play him. I was shocked at that, and I guess that is the one area where you can look back and second-guess Emei for how he approached this player in particular and he says he never had any doubt about him i think it's just email's thing running a tight rotation and not mixing and matching too much and that 
I guess to uh, his credit, did kind of disrupt them when guys were moving in and out of the lineup earlier this year. Like he yeah. wants that stability, right. he wants the consistency in roles. First time, first White White's going to go three for four from three next game, and everyone's going to demand an apology. Cam, this is how we this is how we roll here. <laughs> By the way, we did not talk about Derek White because I'm not doing oh, it. And people are asking it's about the same it. story. I'm not doing it. We'll not talk about it. it in about twenty hours or so. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again we'll, we'll later. Yeah. We'll do it again later. I'm sure we'll have a great game tomorrow against the Thunder. Because <laughs> it, it really, tr- it really triggers. Yeah, watch people. him drop twenty tomorrow. That's a good call, by Watch him drop twenty. We'll be like, no, we still want to talk about what happened before that, though. <laughs> the Thunder just they're they're in tank mode. There's a t- there's a tight race at the top of the East. There's a tight race at the bottom of the league too. And man, are Portland, Indiana, uh, Houston, and all of them battling right now for their positioning. Yeah, go Houston. Josh Richardson, 25 points tonight. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm not doing this. Not doing it. <laughs> We're Good done. For him. Good night. Good for him. We are done. Uh, we did talk about Jalen. People are asking here. Thank you again, yeah, we guys. We spent a lot on Jalen. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we spent a lot of time. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, we are done. We got another one tomorrow. So we will uh, we'll, we'll do that then. Uh, did want to tell a couple promotional messages. Um, join our Discord server. I forgot to tell you guys that. Um, if you haven't already, this feels like a chat-worthy sort of game, so we might hop in there. We might, um, I might do some voice stuff after this. Let's what? see how much energy I get when I get off the game here. Bobby's Bobby might be here to talk to you guys. It, Bobby, it's text forgettable night, John. It's Bobby, if night, Kess Bobby. and Dudley jump on, you got to text me, and then I'll join. If if not, that, I'm not doing it. Get in there, guys. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what we did last year. New location. So we no, we're gonna MVPs. do. We're gonna start doing more spaces and stuff, and 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 hear from you guys, especially now that I know that like. Dud, Dud and Kess are, are fans again and watching. Um, you know, so uh, I want to get is, the team is playing well again. Yeah, we're gonna have that conversation too. Right? I want to get the guys. band back together. Oh well, all we did was complain last year, so it's nice to have a little bit of momentum. Well, talk about oh, yeah, remember the cool. Thunder game last year? That was like <laughs> that on the locker room was just rock bottom. It was oh my god, three hours straight funny. of agony. Yeah. Uh, last thing, uh, Coda, coda.io slash garden. If you want to kind of <laughs> get yourself organized, get your systems together, Coda literally does it all. It's one-stop shopping. Anything that you would do, project management tools, what have you, all in one place. Go check it out, coda.io slash garden. You can get started today for free. Make sure you check that out. And, of course, our bracket, go vote. It's coming out. Polls are coming out uh, tomorrow. Um, Who is the eight seed who upset? Eight seed was um, a small sample sizes took out your your small sample sizes your took, small out sample, yeah. took out Jimmy homeschool. That's surprising. Yeah, a, a fairly uh, fairly handily. So um, that's a sure. small sample size. That is Sherrod is uh, uh, traveling for this one too. You're going to OKC. Oh no. hell no! <laughs> <laughs> He's chilling by the beach Good tomorrow. Call. You're gonna be chilling. Heading back. I'll be back in Boston. Back in Boston. Uh, all right. That's good. Uh, and then we're back at the Garden Wednesday, uh, Friday. We yes, got sir. Utah coming in on Wednesday night. So, again, thanks, guys, for watching. Celtics win. They are now in a virtual tie for the three spot. Uh, they freaking demolished Denver. Shoot lights out for the game. Philly lose to tonight. They lost to Toronto. Oh, Nick Harris. Uh, so, Celtics rolling right now. Um, and virtual tie with Philly for the Toronto's uh, dangerous, by the way, let me do this again. 
if later. the Celtics play the Raptors, <laughs> look out. We don't have to. We don't have time for Toronto tonight. But hey, guys, again, thank you. Really good uh, audience tonight. Everybody's in a good yeah. mood, mostly. Thanks for staying up, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for staying up. Thanks for staying with us through the. This was an eight o'clock start, but we had really good crowds for the both those West Coast games. So again, thanks for hanging in there. Uh, it's going to be fun as we continue to roll through into the playoffs. Here, we will have more stuff. Um, you know, he said coming down the pike in terms of chats and all of those things. So uh, we'll keep you guys uh, updated on all of the stuff we're going to be doing until tomorrow night. Sherrod Blakely, Bobby Manning, Joe Smith.